You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Hey, if this is your first time with us, my name is J.D. Miller. We're so glad that you're here at Connect Community. Uh, we're rebuilding the church after the two years of COVID, you know, we're, we're new location and the teams are growing and it's awesome to see everything uh, just coming back to life. So if this is your first time in church since the pandemic started, you did good. You did good. And if you're watching online, we're so glad that you're with us as well. We hope to see you soon. Uh, I'm going to start the message, but before I just want to give you a life update because so, I feel like so much has changed since I spoke last. I was here two weeks ago and then Alini shared a great message last week. Um, but last time I shared a message with you guys, um, I was still in my 30s, and uh, we were living in a different place, and my wife was on her second trimester of her pregnancy, which feels like, which feels like the delivery day is so far away, right? If you've had kids, right? And then in these two weeks, I have transitioned into my 40s. Yes, I'm so much wiser now. Um, and... Uh, we, we, we moved be, to make room for our growing family, and now my wife is in her third trimester, which feels like she's about to pop any minute now. Yeah, we're so glad. Uh, baby Bruno is coming. We've, we've been listening to that song so much, that's the only name we know. Uh, we're glad you're here. Yeah. 40s is a time of wisdom. One of the things I've learned is that you can, you can learn how to tune a guitar, but you can't tune a fish. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. I learned that from Pepe. She's here today. Oh, for Clo Clo. All right, Clo Clo. Thank you. I'm sorry. I, still, I don't get him confused, I promise. <laughs> if you're taking notes, my message title is uh, How to Endure Like Jesus. Let me ask you this. Do you talk to yourself? Have you ever talked to yourself? When was the last time that you had a fight with yourself? Like, like an argument with yourself? Like, like a heated debate. What are you doing? You know, finger pointing, right? Well, wh why did you do that? I don't know if you do this when you talk to yourself. Sometimes I do this. We argue, right? We negotiate. We have this, this unique ability uh, that, that humans have, only humans have. It's very sophisticated. You have this ability to extricate yourself from your existence, kind of like watch your life from, from afar and analyze yourself as if you were a different person. Only humans can do that. You have this ability to see yourself apart from yourself. Sometimes we even talk about ourselves in the third person, right? Don't do that too much, though. When we make proper use of this ability, we have these revelatory moments where you, you, you realize things about yourself, about your life that you didn't know before. It can come in a, in a moment of prayer when you're focusing on God and, and a revelation comes. It can come when you're having a good conversation with someone you love and something just lights up in your mind. It can even come when you stop to think and just, just pause everything. You stop to think about your life and meditate 
on your life. And those are the moments when you can come to that place when you say, what am I doing with my life? Now, this can be a good thing, right? You can, you can say, what am I doing with my life? Like, well, I get to do this with my life? This is amazing. Or, or it can be a little bit more on the negative side of what am I doing with my life? Why am I spending time this way? But because of this capacity that we have is why we can ask these questions. If you have, if you've ever, if you've ever had, have, can't talk today, guys. <laughs> if you have ever asked this question, you have taken part in one of the deepest things that a person can do. And it's because of this capacity to stop and to realize that you might not be in the right trajectory, that it gives you the power to do the very first thing that Jesus invited his hearers to do. And the very first thing that Jesus invited his hearers to do is to repent. Now, repentance might be a heavy religious word, depending on your background. But all really that repentance means is to change your mind. Is to, is to be in a place where you used to think one way, but something changed on the inside, and now you think differently. And because you think differently, you act differently, you move differently in the world, because now you have that piece of knowledge. And that's the first invitation that Jesus has made. It's to use this amazing ability that we have to ask ourselves, what am I doing with my life? Is, is this the path that I want for my life? Is this the right path for me? Am I in the right trajectory? Is my family on the right trajectory? Now, we're in a message series that's titled Living in Your Element, and we've been in this series for two weeks now. So if you're here today for the first time, you're catching part three of this series and uh, we've talked about a few attitudes that help you live in your element. The first attitude that we shared was an attitude of faith. Very important to have an attitude of faith if you're living in your element. Second uh, thing that we shared was an attitude of humility. Alini shared a great message last week. It's all on the podcast and I encourage you to catch up. And today I want to continue and talk to you a little bit about the attitude of endurance. The importance of having endurance. Now, at Connect Community, we believe that every Sunday is a special Sunday. Every Sunday is a unique Sunday because we get to come together, have awesome time together, and worship. But today is absolutely no ordinary Sunday. Today is absolutely a special Sunday because it's Easter. And you know that because you're here today, right? It's a great Sunday, and, but, but not only are we here today, you have literally billions of people around the world in places just like this one, including our brothers and sisters in Moscow, Russia, including our brothers and sisters in Kiev, Ukraine, including our brothers and sisters in Shanghai, China, and everywhere else in the world. And I mention those places because, you know, there is a war going on, but people of God are meeting right now 
And in Shanghai, people are in lockdown. It's a country that has just passed a new law where you can't even share anything religious on social media or online. But the church is growing in China. There's about 100 million Christians in China that meet in underground churches. And right now, they're meeting well, this Sunday to celebrate this important day. And the reason why churches meet and people meet, and the reason why you're here today is because for 2,000 years, the gates of hell have not been able to prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Because during that day when Jesus rose again, he defeated death, he defeated sin. And from that day on, people have experienced a life with God, and they have shared their experience with others, and others have come to experience a life with God, and that chain has been unbroken to, until it got to us. Here we are in the West, far from the Middle East, where this all started. Yet, we're passionate about the life of God, and we're passionate to learn more about this person. Jesus. People who are at peace, people who are at war, people who are in comfort, people who are in distress, people of all nations, all races are gathering together to celebrate this monumental event that changed the history of mankind. It really changed history. All because sin has no longer dominion over us. That's what Jesus came to do. It's a big deal. It's a big deal what happened on Easter because Jesus came and shattered what had us shackled. And he changed humanity from the inside out. He lived at a time when, when warriors and leaders ruled by the world, ruled the world by the sword and by power. And Jesus came in with a new kingdom, a kingdom that changes people's hearts. Because you know, if you think a little bit about it, you know that you cannot change a state without changing a city. You can't change a city without changing a neighborhood. You can't change a neighborhood without changing families. And you can't change families without changing the individual. And you can't change the individual. It's feud on change a person's heart. It all starts with the heart. And Jesus didn't start at the top like the empires of his day. Jesus started at the heart. That's why he started with the word repent. He started with individuals. Now what happens is that we're too close from all of this to appreciate what it really did to the world. We're here 2,000 years later, you know, enjoying a lot of the benefits. And some of us might think that the values that we still enjoy because of what Jesus did, is still because people are good. Or we, we may credit it to being a triumph of the human spirit. Some of the good things we see. We take credit for things we don't understand. But the moment things begin to crumble, the moment things begin to fall apart, we realized, we realized that we didn't put them together. That's when we need God. That's when we need to connect to the good, pure, and holy Spirit of God. Jesus showed us the way to change the world from the inside out by restoring and redeeming the human heart. There's no greater example on how to be human than Jesus Christ. And one of the attitudes that can be learned from Jesus that will help us to live in our element is this attitude of endurance. There's a lot that we can learn from the Easter 
message. There's a lot that we can learn from, from crucifixion to resurrection. But I want to focus on endurance today. This is what happened when Jesus was about to be arrested. And he knew the kind of suffering he was about to suffer. He was about to face. This is what he did. Matthew chapter 26, verse 38 and 39. Reading from the ESV version. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful. This is Jesus. Even to the death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Let me ask you this. How many times have you found yourself to be in a situation where you're trying to find a good reason or a good argument to talk yourself out of something you know you're not supposed to quit or leave. You just, you find yourself in that place where, man, I got to find a reason to just not do this. I got to find a, a good reason, some, something that makes me look good so that I, so that I may not, got to find a way out. Maybe a study, maybe... It's a new business venture. Maybe it's a missional cause, something that you felt compelled to embrace, and now things are getting hard. Or maybe it's that relationship that you vowed to fight for, for better or for worse, and things are going from worse to worse. Jesus was about to face his greatest challenge. And he had read from the prophets, he knew in his spirit. That his life was about to be taken in the most gruesome way possible. How did he endure? How did Jesus not quit? I don't know what you're facing today. What you're facing in this season of life. Whether you're young and you're just starting out. Or you're a little bit more seasoned and you have experience. We all need to learn how to endure. We all need to learn about endurance. Because endurance will take us to that place of hope. So I'm going to highlight a couple of benefits of endurance today. We have a few more minutes together. I'm going to try to take, get through all this content for you. The first thing that I want to highlight is this. Endurance makes you stronger. It kind of sounds obvious on paper, but when you live in it, it doesn't feel like that. Hebrews 12 Chapter, uh, verse 2 and four through 4 says this. The author is of, of, to the Hebrews is, is talking about Jesus. And the person is writing, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint Hearted. How many times do we grow weary? Faint-hearted. The author is saying, look to Jesus. Consider him. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. He's talking about Jesus on the cross. Resisting sin. Resisting uh, um, resentment. Resisting uh, uh, all sorts of sin against the people that were doing that to him. But the truth is that sometimes... When you're in a fight, 
Sometimes when you're in a struggle in life, when you're in the middle of your testing, all that you want is relief. All that you want is, is comfort. Man, you just want a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. Get me out a piece of that. Yeah, you guys are old enough. We got chocolate. <laughs> we just want a break. But you know what? It's not stopping that's going to make you stronger. I got to tell you today, if you're facing something difficult, endure. Because comfort doesn't make you stronger. If the couch made you stronger, we would all have a six-pack. It doesn't make you stronger. Let me encourage you today. The thing that you're fighting against, the thing that you wish you would have conquered a long time ago, the project that didn't, didn't take off as you hoped for, the problem that's still persisting, the dream that hasn't come to pass, keep fighting because those are the things that are making you stronger. You're not getting weaker. You're getting stronger. God is strengthening you from inside out. The writer to the Hebrews says, Consider Jesus so that you may not grow weary. And I don't know what kind of version of Jesus you've learned in your life. Sometimes Jesus is so romanticized, we think that he's just a pushover. I don't want to love like Jesus. Jesus just lets anything happen to him. He just let people kill him. No. I'm not giving the other cheek. I'm not letting them do that to me. There's a reason why he did that. He was considering the joy set before him, your salvation. He was fighting against sin. He was fighting against sin. When he died, he won. Jesus never quit. They arrested him, and he remained. They beat him, and he remained. They whipped him on his back with 39 lashes because 40 would kill people. So they, they, they would do 40 minus 1 with a kind of whip that was designed to pull the flesh out of your, your skin. Just, just It was an instrument of torture. And then they put a cross on his lashed back. He remained. They put a crown of thorns on his head. He remained. They drove nails to his hands. He remained. They drove nails to his feet. He remained. And then he, they pierced his side. And he gave his last breath. And he still remained till the end. When would you have quitted if you had to face that? At what point would you have given up? Jesus is our example of strength. And endurance. Let me encourage you to bring him your sorrows. Because he said, In the world you will have sorrows, but take heart, I have conquered the world. And you can conquer it too because endurance makes you stronger. Second thing is this endurance helps you persevere. Now they sound like synonyms, but let me explain. I was at the gym the other day. Don't look so surprised. And uh, <laughs> our strengthening coach, he, uh, he was sharing this insight about um, this new study that talked about the perception of time 
when you're under physical distress. And he called it uh, time and tension. And uh, here's the gist of it, is, is, is that the longer that you spend in tension, the slower time seems to pass. <laughs> the, the longer you hold that weight or, you, or you're exercising, the longer, I mean, you do 30 minutes of a certain exercise, you feel like you've been at it for five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. And, and, and that's the, the psychological effect. That the, your perception of time gets affected when you're under physical pressure, when you're under physical distress. The same is true of our emotion. When you have had a very bad day, an emotional day, man, it can feel like a week. It can feel like you had so long has passed. Now think about everything that you deal with in your life. I don't know your life, but you have some issues. I'm not saying that you are an issue. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But every single one of us, we have challenges that we face. We have family issues. We have work issues. We have that coworker that you, you hope they already quit so that you get there on Monday and everything is good. And you have, you have all that that you have to deal with. Now, put on top of that a worldwide health pandemic that changed all the dynamics of relationship. You can't just pop in at your family members. You can't just get together with friends. You can't just... The emotional toll that this pandemic has brought to our families, to our friends, cannot be undermined. We have to stop and consider. And we have to remember that we are called to endure... Because endurance produces strength and perseverance. Let me encourage you with this. Because here's the difference, right? When, when, when you are enduring, you're holding on for dear life. And you're saying, I can take it. I can take it. Come on, I can take it. But perseverance has a goal. You're not just holding on. You're moving toward a goal. And it kind of gives you direction. You're not just holding on randomly. This is what the scripture says. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. This is our last scripture of today. Now, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Why would you ever rejoice in your suffering? You rejoice in your suffering because knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. God's love has been poured into our hearts who has been given to us, the Holy Spirit. See, when you endure, Scripture says that you grow in character. Now, the word character here means approved, approvedness. It means that you are tested and you are approved. And that will give you hope. How, how, can, how can perseverance bring you hope because as you persevere you're persevering thinking of the reward you're thinking of what is on the other side and the reason why you hold on to what's on the other side is because you know that God's love for you is not going to disappoint you he's going to get you to the other side you're going to make it so persevere because you're going to make it. Whatever thing you're going through right now, if there's one day that can guarantee you that you're going to make it to the other side, is the day when Jesus conquered death and walked out of that grave. 
If he conquered death, man, you're going to make it. You're going to not only survive this, you're going to thrive on whatever you're going through. So let me encourage you with this. Don't quit. Don't quit on God's call on your life. That same passion that you once had, get back to that. When, God, when you heard the call of God in your heart, when you heard God say, do this, pursue that, get back to that. Don't quit on your marriage. The same passion that you felt when you said your vows, get back to that. Don't quit on the, the dream that God put in your heart. Get back to that passion. Get back to that, to that first love. Because when you persevere, you hold on to hope. You get through that obstacle and you will see the reward. That's why it's important to endure. Because as you endure, perseverance is produced. And, and perseverance gives you a goal. You're not just enduring for no reason. You're enduring because you know that on the other side there is peace. On the other side there is love. On the other side you will see the reward for what God has already placed in your heart. So how did Jesus prepare his heart to endure? This is my last little encouragement for you. And if, uh, if David is ready to come play the keys so that we can have a much more spiritual environment look at him look at that guy awesome you're gonna see things get spiritual right now look at that he's still got to hook it up he's gonna become a cyborg right now oh come on Jesus prepared his heart by, focus, by focusing on what he needed. Sometimes we focus on the wrong thing. Scripture says that when Jesus realized that all power had been given to him and that his ministry was accomplished, he sat down and he washed his disciples' feet. He served his friends and then he went and had dinner with them and then he opened his heart to them and he told them everything he told them he opened he opened his heart to them he became vulnerable and he said this is this is why all of this is happening he handed over the job to them and then he left them and he went to a place of prayer by himself See, he didn't go pre preach another sermon. He didn't say, man, I'm going to die in three days. I got to heal more people. I got to do more work. I got to go multiply more breads. I got to walk on more water. I got to preach more. I got to go because they're going to kill me soon. He didn't do that. He stopped. And he focused on what he needed. Now, this may sound selfish. And I don't mean it to be like, I'm just going to focus on myself and forget the world because you can be hearing this and say wait, wait JD wait JD wait 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 wait. you just said that I'm supposed to get stronger and endure and persevere and now you're telling me to stop now, I'm not telling you to stop your pursuit I'm telling you to stop what you don't have to do 
I'm telling you to stop focusing and doing the things that are actually pulling you away from God's call. Because you think that you have to be active. You think that you have to be doing things all the time. Some of you are like the Energizer Bunny. You just can't stop. And just me telling you to stop right now, you're thinking that that's, I can't do it. I'm, that's lazy. That's irresponsible, JD. That's the one part I can't do. You got to know when the, your part has been accomplished. And you got to know when to make time for your family, make time for your friends, make time to sit down and have a meal with your friends and recollect your thoughts. Because that's what's going to give you endurance. You got to make time to live for the things that matter, to spend time with God. Some of you, you haven't been in church in a while. I'm going to pick on you a little bit because you haven't been here because you, you're just working and you're trying to catch up and you're using every single minute of every single time for you. And you think that that's, see, that's, that's the selfish part. Gotta, you gotta, you got to prioritize a time that's not yours, that's God's. And you say, God, I'm going I'm to give you this time because that's what's going to realign my heart. And I promise you, if you give time to God, you're not, you're not wasting it. He's going to use that time and you're going to recoup it in every other activity. That you, things are going to happen way better. That's how Jesus endured. When he said, my father, if it possible be, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Can you do that? Can, can you say those words with an open heart and say, God, I don't want my will. I want your will to be done. If you can do that, then you can truly be transformed and see, experience the endurance and you'll be able to live in your element. We're going to have communion right now. Do you receive it? Amen. We're going to have communion.